0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Potstroke. And I'm your host, Shwini Fu, and this is episode 273. My co-host Stacy is indisposed at the moment in India, visiting the motherland, uh, taking in all of the sights and sounds. Um, I'm sure he's enjoying it, but I am joined uh, by first-time guest of the pod. His name is Pharaoh. That's at Faro on Twitter. Pharaoh. how are you doing?
0: I'm great, Sean. I'm glad. I'm happy to be here. Uh, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm good. I... Uh, I'm enjoying not having any basketball on, but I'm also like yeah. missing ha- not ha- having basketball on, so uh, it's it's a lot. But um, there's still many things that are going on around the NBA, and we're going to yeah. talk about that. But oh, before- yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram, so please give that a follow. Check that out. That is at thestrick.land on Instagram. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. You may be watching this podcast right here on the channel. If you are, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. We also, uh, the Strickland, again, also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this pod that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland mailbag that comes out every other week that is hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. the Doug Bag, along with Dallas Amico. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the next day more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, a $30 tier, $50 tier, a $100 tier. Let's go with a variety of additional. But if it's like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, know this soon possible, without you, and finally, final bonus announcement, the Strickland dropped a bunch of new fucking merchandise today, uh, check it out, we, uh, it is our first collection of this season that's coming out, and uh, we are going to be doing drops of new merchandise over the next couple of weeks, uh, so check it out, hoodies, t-shirts, shorts, sweatpants, you name it, we got it, hats, uh, I'm not a hat guy, but if you're a hat person, we got hats. Uh so yeah, check all that shit out and um definitely look into the merchandise. It is awesome. You can access it on our website at the strict dot land. Um all right. So the Knicks are chilling until Friday. Mm-hmm. Um they they had some representation at the All-Star Game. Jericho Sims oh, wow. participated in the dunk contest, Julius barely. in the three point contest. Yeah, barely. Uh <laughs> Julius Riedel in the three point contest. It was Apparently that was a very big discussion point because people get really upset when the Knicks have anything go for them. Um, but it was fine; they did not win either. And quite frankly, um, they they might have put in more effort though than occurred on Sunday night
0: during the All Star game. With, did, like, did Julius win the All Star game? Was he on the team that won? I didn't even watch that shit.
1: No, he was on Team LeBron, who they oh. they lost. Like I don't know. It was awful. It was yeah, so it was terrible. terrible. I turned it off. Yeah, it was terrible. There's no... I don't even understand the point of having the All-Star game if that's, like, what they're going to do. And honestly, like, the entire weekend was awful. Like, I I don't really understand what they're doing with any of this shit. Like, they turned the skills competition into this weird thing now with three players, like, on a team. And then for some reason, the Antetokounmpo's are a team. Like, I I don't know why that's a thing.
0: I think they Um, won one year, and it just became, like, a thing. I don't know. Like, it's honestly just the weirdest, like slop fest of the league stars without any sort of like actual competition
1: yeah i don't really understand it um so the the skill like saturday all-star saturday is actually like usually one of my favorite things because i think it's just like a fun day mm-hmm. this year was terrible though like i mean you look at the three-point competition you know you're pulling like they have to have julius randall in there you know what i mean like <laughs> and, like it's just it's it's ridiculous and it was cool that damian damian lillard won yeah. Um, but like the dunk contest, like, look, I, I'm, I know the Mac McClung is a fun story and whatever, but like, it's
0: he's not even not, in the league.
1: Yeah. That's it, I just don't understand it. And like, if that's, if that's really the best field that they could drum up for that, I'd rather they just don't do it.
0: Like, yeah, uh, Trey Murphy and, 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 you know, no, no fault to Jericho Sims. I thought Jericho Sims was going to make it regardless, but wasn't he even like a replacement? He didn't even get originally selected.
1: Yeah. I think, I think what the, with, what was reported at least a couple of days ago was that like obi Toppin had been invited to do it again and yeah. he was like well if i don't do it will jericho get in i guess they said yes so so i, I don't know it's just i i don't Weird. really understand like i get that these guys don't want to play hard on sunday and risk injury and all this shit like i get that mm-hmm. but i mean what the fuck What's was the point? <laughs> just like these guys walking up they're like not they're not even playing like i mean this jason, jason and i like fifty-five points. And it was like not impressive at all. Like it's just okay. You're getting wide open threes, and yeah. you're getting like Jalen Brown said, it is a glorified
0: like, layup line.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. I just, I, I don't know. It, I, I just, I'm so like, I I would rather they just don't do anything. Like I'd rather they just yeah. say, hey, yeah, we have a midseason break, and these are the all star teams, and that's what these guys, like <laughs> look, these are the all-stars. But they're not going to play. Like, I'd yeah. rather do that. Um, that. And I I know, like, I think SGA had a quote where he said something like, you know, money talks. And it's yep. like, I get that. Like, sure. But at some point you would think like, if you're on the floor with all these other dudes that are, you know, you're all like considered the best players in the NBA. At some point you would think like the competitive juices would kick in and there would be some level of like, I don't know.
0: Nope. Uh, yeah.
1: Like, they, it, and it was weird because last year they actually, with the Elon ending, I remember like towards the end of the game, it was actually like pretty competitive. Yeah. It
0: was actually like, I, that's what I was looking forward to. I was like, maybe, you know, they'll follow up on that. But it just, nah, it felt too flat.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what, what that was about. Yeah, it was um, weird. It, it was the whole, again, the whole weekend was just awful. So, um, uh, Adam Silver and the league <laughs> office and the players in the association, like, they actually need to like, figure something out because that that's yeah. just not a good product at all. And I, I if I didn't like what casual person is going to tune in on a Saturday night to go watch like Mac McClung and Jared nobody saying, Yeah, it's just stupid. So I, I don't really know what they're gonna do, but they do have to do something. Um all right, so you know, there's plenty of good things happening for the Knicks, but uh the Knicks did they did beat this shit out of the Hawks uh, right before the break. break, And literally about, I don't know, an hour ago, half an hour ago, uh, the Hawks finally dismissed Nate McMillan as their head (laughs) coach. That was the last straw. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm like, I don't think he, I mean, he probably wasn't doing a good job, so I'm not going to act like, you know, he's been wrongfully terminated here, but like, I I don't really see what, I don't know what they expect like, I, I, it feels like they think they're, they should be a lot better than they are. Yeah. And I just look at that roster and I'm like, okay, you have Trey, you have DeJounte. I don't know. I, I didn't really like love the fit initially anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got like Capella, like, I don't know. It just, the roster itself, there's no wings. They don't, they have one good wing. AJ Griffin is a rookie and he looks yeah. good, but like, he's a rookie. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I just don't really, yeah, I, I just don't really understand what they're doing there. I think DeAndre Hunter is awful. Um, He's been I,
0: terrible since he was drafted. Yeah, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just look at this team and I'm like, it feels like you guys want to be something that you're not. And it's just, it's a I band-aid. I, I, again,
0: it's a band aid. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the locker room is probably pretty vibe free. Like, the vibes are probably in the grave in that Atlanta locker room with between Trey and DeJounte. And there's, like, been reports, like, they don't get along as well as they thought they would and all kind of shit, which, shocker, right? Like, super surprising that those two wouldn't get along. But I think the locker room is probably just in hell. So that's, like, the easiest first step that they can take to try to repair it. Like, and just get a new guy in there. Which they said Quinn Snyder is, like, their favorite, which I don't even – like, he's not even a guy that's, like, so fucking great that you're like, oh, yeah, let me – Let's fire Nate. Let's get Nate up out of here so we can get Quinn Snyder in the building, like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really like. You're not. You're probably not going to do a full coaching search in the middle of the season, yeah. but maybe they are. I have no clue. Um, but like, like I again, like I, I don't think Nate McMillan is particularly good. Is like he's fine, I guess. No, he's but not. and it's you know it's whatever. They've had him for three years. It's cool. Like sometimes it just burns out, and that that yeah. is what it is. But like, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, the thing is, like, maybe they get they can get Quinn Snyder, who I think is a pretty good coach, but it's like
0: he's he's okay, yeah. But it's just like and, I, it's not, it not doesn't seem like there's like much of a direction, like a stark direction for them to go in at this point. Like, I don't see what, like you said, I don't see who they think they are to where they're going to get results that are just so much better than what they've been getting this season with Nate.
1: Yeah, and I mean the other thing about this, this that's you know uh, like kind of not being is their front office is just kind of like all over the place right um they fired schlenk or they reassigned him or whatever verbiage they wanted to use um schlenk who was the gm like i think a couple months into the season uh and then they've got like landry fields now in the front office and you know kyle corver and then i think the owner's son is in the front office too and it's like it just feels like if i'm if i'm a coach i'm looking at that situation and i'm you know, I'll interview, obviously I'd take any fucking interview. <laughs> yeah, but right. like I would definitely need to get some real assurances um about what the structure is of yeah, the front office. Is going on. <laughs> yeah and who's making decisions and what kind of like security I have. Um, I, because you know this is what uh, Landry Fields just said this uh, this is something I've been monitoring to have the overall showing that we did. I don't want to put too much on the last couple of games with Charlotte and New York but those were definitely significant. We're just not seeing enough progress. And it's like, I mean, look, I get it. The defense, we destroyed them. Charlotte put up like 144 on them the game before that. Yeah. So I get that, like, I, I agree. Like, they, obviously, they should be better than that. But I don't know. I mean, you, I just look at this, again, I just look at this roster and I'm like, okay, Trey Young is probably the worst defender in basketball, or one of them anyway. <laughs> yeah, like uh, DeJounte <laughs> Murray is good, He's okay. Yeah, he, yeah he's Murray, above is average. Like, Murray's good. Yeah he's, yeah, he's he's okay. I think Capella's. You know, when he's good, like when he's right physically, he's good. But he doesn't look like he's moving the same way as he did nah, a couple years ago. He's cooked. Um, Okongwu's, yeah. Okongwu's. Who okay. knows what he is? Like, like right. John Collins is a guy. Like, yeah, They just they just don't have anybody that you're like, oh wow, this guy. Like, of course your defense should be much better because look at all these players. Like DeAndre Hunter. Is a myth. Like he's just not that guy defensively. <laughs> never has been. Yeah. So I, I don't really. I don't know. I, I'm just if I'm, and then like, you still got the whole like trade Dejounte. Like I don't really understand what it, it, does Trey want to play defense or does Trey want like was the issue there that Nate McMillan didn't hold him accountable or was the issue that like Trey doesn't give a shit and yeah. if it's the latter then like it, maybe a new coach can come in and. You know, connect with them in a way that Nate didn't or uh, Lloyd Pierce before him didn't. But like, at some point, if you keep changing the coach and that doesn't change, that piece of it doesn't change. It's probably
0: just yeah. Trey. Right. I so say you got to look at the ingredients. I mean, Trey is not. Look, we've had our discussions about Trey and where Trey is at in the league and where people think Trey should be in the league. And I mean, that's why I was so glad that the Knicks didn't go and get Dejounte, right? Because now, like, you have to pay Dejounte in the summer, don't you?
1: Uh, DeJounte is up after next summer, but yeah, they will have to pay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now you're going into next year, probably with a brand new coach. I don't, this season's probably a wash for them. They're not expecting much out of the season. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird movement to getting rid of Nate now. Like the better move for me would have just been just to wait till the summer See how the season goes, see how it pans out, see if there's actually something that clicks if like any sort of pride comes out. But no, it's 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 weird for them right now.
1: Yeah, I mean my assumption is um that shit was probably just a lot worse behind the scenes. I mean, and there was so much stuff that came out during the yeah. season that they probably just felt like, okay, we just have to move on from Nate and this and and like honestly, the fact that the season isn't really going anywhere is probably a good enough you know, reason for them to just be like, we're not losing, fuck like it. we're not risking anything. So <laughs> yeah. fuck it. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I just, they just seem like, the, I don't want to say they don't they have a direction, but the direct, I think they just fucked up. Like, I don't yeah. really like the DeJounte. I never liked the DeJounte Murray trade. They also have been like, you know, they traded Herter to move off of money and they traded mm, Gremish before he could get paid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Galinari got moved in the DeJounte Murray trade. It's just like you're moving these guys. And so you've got all these money issues because you don't want to go into the tax for a team that's like, you know, fucking...
0: A Not first very round good. Exit <laughs> yeah. Kind of bad up.
1: Yeah. And, and so it's like, I don't know. They still got Collins here, who they've been openly trying to trade for like what Five looks like, what like three years. Yeah. yeah so I just... <laughs> it, to me it's like it's not so much they don't have a direction like I get the idea of like okay you tried to go get Dejounte because you wanted another creator and you wanted to lighten the load on Trey and you wanted to be a good defender I get all that but like that pairing hasn't really worked and I just I don't think like just doing that is enough to be like well we, like they have to do more to reshape the roster I just think like they've had so many these like comp- like it, it just feels like a team that needs to shake it up more um you know and they I just don't know Who's that Josh Hart. Uh, they could definitely use Josh Hart uh, because their vibes absolutely fucking. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, I, they, they are, that performance uh, against New York the the day basically the last day uh, before the All Star break was one of the most shit performances I've seen. Like Terrible. I think I think Trey didn't he had like took one shot in the first quarter. Uh, Dejounte had six points in that game. Like unbelievable. Um, they, I mean, we were up 20 at the end of the first quarter, basically. Like it was, it was, yeah. it, and, and they never got the lead to below double Ten. to, yeah, they didn't yeah. get, I think the they, the closest they got was 11 at one point, mm-hmm. but they never got into single digits. And like, I, it, it just was such a, I've watched that game so many times in my life, but it's usually <laughs> like that, but with the Knicks, like I've right, watched, exactly. I've seen that a thousand times. So I know exactly what that is. And it's just like, you know, I, Again, like as a coach, if you can't motivate your team and you can't get them motivated, then it is time to it go. Is, yeah, it's gotta, gotta get out there. Uh, but like at some point, I don't know. I, it just feels like again with Trey, like I don't really understand what his motivations are. I don't know what, what makes him tick. But it's like you know he didn't like Lloyd Pierce, and now and then like he loved Nate McMillan. When he first took over, and it was like, oh, Nate's you know he's hard on him, and he's holding him accountable, and he's making right. him a point guard, and all this shit. And then it's like. Then he doesn't like Nate anymore now. And I just, you know, is he a guy that, like, I don't know. I'm curious because I I have never really been high on Trey. I just think that, like, his flaws are significant. But, I mean, do you think Trey is a guy that's, like, worth catering to to some degree? Maybe not to this degree, Um, but, like...
0: It's tough to gauge a guy like Trey because I feel like we haven't really like he's, he's punched upwards pretty much his whole career up until this point. Like he's gotten further than with, with some Atlanta teams that we didn't think were going to be as good as we thought they were. And you know what I'm saying? Like this guy, you can't really judge exactly how to move forward with him, which is why I think you see the moves that you're seeing from Atlanta. And it's like, do you cater to him? I mean, on the offensive side, like, you look at it and you're like, yeah, of course. You want to keep a guy like that around. But if he's not going to be producing on the same level next to a guy like DeJounte, and you already have DeJounte now and he's not going anywhere, unless you're going to move DeJounte at some point, I don't really see the point in continuing, you know, centering the team around Trey. And, I, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty obvious. I think the dude wants just out, man. And I don't think – I think he's he knows his time in Atlanta. Is up if he wants to take his career to the next step. I think he he knows he's got to get out of there. So yeah, there.
1: I mean, he's just like he's not been very efficient in his career. That's the thing about him. So he's like
0: he's like this year he's
1: shooting forty two point eight percent from the field, thirty two point four percent from three, and eighty eight and a half from the line. And I just feel like his efficiency is so dependent on getting to the line, which is why like when that didn't happen for him in the playoffs last year. He got fucking totally exposed. I mean, last year in the playoffs, he was brutal. Uh, he had a 46 true shooting last year in the playoffs. Yeah, it was um, terrible,
0: and they flamed the fuck out. Yeah, was I mean, he was.
1: Yeah, he was awful against Miami, and I don't know. He's just
0: such a. I, I don't know. I, I've just never. Believed. I've never been super high on Trey. Like I take Jalen Brunson this year over a lot of versions of Trey Young. Like, a yeah, lot. I mean
1: the the one. I mean, Trey basically had that one year, right, where they beat the Knicks in the first round, then they yeah. beat the Sixers in the second round. And, you know, he, look, he's still pretty young. He's, what, 24? He's 24, so maybe, like, he's obviously has, has the capacity to improve, but, like, I mean, is he going to... I, I don't know. I just look at him, and I'm like, if I'm the Hawks, like, if you do, either... If you believe that him and DeJounte work together, then I guess it' okay. But if you don't, then it's, like, wouldn't you're fucked yeah, <laughs> but you're fucked, but it's also like maybe you just trade Trey then, and yeah. maybe then you you'd unfuck yourself, um but like I don't know if they really have the it doesn't seem like that's what they want to do because it and there's
0: like not a like a perfect suitor really for a trey young right now like and and I know it's like, okay, yeah, you don't really need a perfect suitor to move off a player, but I can't even think of like a passable suitor that's gonna give them something that they could use in the future to even be anything close to a contender with DeJounte Murray, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I, yeah. It's, you know, go ahead. No, it's just, uh, that's it really. I mean, it is just not really any, I can't even think of one. I'm trying to think of one now that like, what has even been alluded to other than us? Cause everybody says trade everybody to does. Um,
1: yeah. I don't really, and I, I like, we I have Brunson and we have Brunson now, so it doesn't even, like, yeah, it's yeah no, it's, it's yeah,
0: it's, it's dead on that. So,
1: yeah. So I, I, I don't know the, the, Trey, I mean I actually think one a team that actually should try to trade for him uh, and it'd be kind of interesting is the Nets. Uh because the Nets I was just gonna say Brooklyn Brooklyn or Miami offense really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean in Miami we know they don't have shit to trade. Um, so they'll keep trying yeah. like Duncan Robinson <laughs> and two picks and see what that gets them. But like but the Nets, you know, they have all these picks now from um from Phoenix and then they got uh, they got another pick from Dallas uh, obviously they don't have their own picks, but they do have those picks. And then they've got like 5 billion 3 and D wings. Like that's a team. <laughs> I mean, that that would actually suit Atlanta too, right? It's like, okay, yeah. we, we trade Trey, we get picks back and we get, you know, three or four of these 3 and D guys and they make sense next to DeJounte. And now maybe we actually can have a really good defense and our offense maybe doesn't come down as much as people, as, yeah. as, as much as people expected, because um, you know, the, the, the bad thing, the the worst part, I think, for them of like what they did is last year, um, they were second in the league in offensive rating, uh, during the regular season, and then mm. this year, you know, they make this move to get Dejounte, they're down to 14th, so it's like, oh, wow, yeah, like that's that. and and their defense is still not good. Their defense is 21st in defensive rating this year at 115. Uh, last year they were 26th. Um, so like, <laughs> Like they basically made this move. And it made their offense worse and it didn't improve their defense nearly yeah. enough. And it's just like I, I don't know. They're they're all over the place. I, I'm seeing a team like that is like makes me happy in the sense of Yeah. I'm like I've I've seen team I I've seen many Knicks teams like this where it's mm-hmm. just you're just making moves. Um but like I don't know if they're actually smart moves. And, you know, uh you compare that to like the Knicks right now and you know we'll see obviously he's only played three games but like you look at a move like getting Josh Hart and what he brings to the table and how the team has responded since that acquisition it's like yeah I mean there's not saying the Knicks front office has been perfect but I do think that they are pretty well run and I think that they're like you know it's I, I think they're a pretty good management group if you can question like the the wisdom of not tanking out, not tanking, not bottoming out ever and trying to just be as good as you can every single year. Um, and, you know, you know, should they have t- traded for Donovan Mitchell? Should they have not traded? Like You can question all that stuff, but if you actually just judge the moves they have made, um, I think it's hard to not look at the totality of what they've done since taking over, like Leon Rose specifically, since taking over, and feel like okay, they've actually added talent they've not mortgaged the future to do any of this stuff they've got some interesting young pieces across the across the roster and they're not they're young they're a young younger team so it's like they they've done a lot of good things and it's like you know if the entire scope of judging the front office is going to be like well are they a contender are they a contender are they a contender and it's like what path were they going to take when Leon rose took over in 2020 that was going to make them a contender. Like, there's, none, Not there's nothing you could really point to and be like, well, if they'd done this, they'd be a contender right now. So yeah. I I think that's a stupid way of looking at it. I think what you what I would say is they're at least now in a position where um, if they do take a shot on, you know, let's say a star comes available and they decide, you know, now's the time to go get that guy. Um, depending on who it is and, you know, the, the parameters of the trade and all this type of shit, like, they're actually in a position now where I think, okay, yeah, if they get the right star, this team maybe could really make some noise because oh, yeah. this is a really good roster.
0: And all the, like, any sort of halfway mistakes you can try to pin on this front office, they've almost, like, flawlessly worked their way out of them. Like, between the Fournier trade and the renovating. <laughs> no, uh, you got... For the Fournier trade, you have the whole Cam Reddish situation now. Like, I can't think of a situation that they didn't handle almost perfectly, really. Like, the whole draft day stuff with getting off of Burks and Noel and all that, like, all of their quote unquote mistakes, which you could really, at the time of doing all of the things that they did, you could argue that, you know, Fournier, we needed quote unquote, needed shooting, right? You're moving off of Reggie Bullock, you go get Evan Fournier. At the time, I was fine with it. It was a lot of money, but I was fine with it. You know, the market wasn't super deep for for shooters. Evan Fournier's right there. Bada bing, Tibbs likes him. It could be that. But now Fournier's out of rotation. He's fine with it. He's not being a, a locker room cancer. He comes in one of the games. I can't remember exactly which game it was, but he comes in and everybody's on Twitter saying that R.J. Barrett needs to find a new job because he comes in and torches the game on fire. So it's just like it. That's a testament to show how well-run things are going with the Knicks right now, that a guy that hadn't played in however many games before that can just step in, no complaints, no worries, and just come in and step, you know, fill in whatever gap we had. Um, So, yeah, no, this front office, I'm a huge fan of them. Ever since they stepped in, I was a really big fan of Leon Rose and what he could bring. Um, And, yeah, man, this is the best, you know, in my short life. I'm only 24 years old, about to be 25. But this is the best the Knicks have been ever, in in my opinion, as far as depth, um, money, and draft picks, and assets moving forward. It's by far the best we've been. Um, you know, the mellow days were cool. Uh, I was a little kid. It was cool seeing mellow. and it was cool being a playoff team. But realistically, you know, what was that team accomplishing? We were never going to beat Miami. Um, but right now, the situation we're in right now. I mean, we were talking about it last night. Like, I don't really see too many teams that are just dog walking us in a playoff series right now. Like, utterly destroying us. I don't really think any team can do that to us right now. Six game series? I'd say so. But there's a lot of teams that don't want to see the Knicks in the first round right now. And, I mean, like I I said to you, we're the deepest team um, in the NBA. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's yeah, our depth is very good. I, it's crazy how much adding Josh Hart really makes that even more obvious yeah. now. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, you look at this roster right now, you know, there's a nine-man rotation, right? And, you know, you've got Brunson, Grimes, RJ, Randall, and Mitch, When he once he's back as the starters, and then you've got uh, Quickly, you've got Hart, you've got Obi, and then you've got um, Hartenstein, who's playing really fucking well now. Um, Did you say dudes? And, and, yeah, and Deuce and Sims are situational. Yeah, but like, like that top nine. I mean, other than RJ Barrett, who's having some weird ass fucking season yeah. right now, um, there's not a single guy in that in that rotation that you're like, not sure about his minutes. Mm. Like, I guess you yeah. could, you could argue Ob, but he plays like five minutes anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, but like, you know, you look at team like a team like Cleveland and. Uh, obviously their top four guys are really fucking good, but like their bench sucks. Um, and I know they got Danny green. Maybe he'll have some juice. I'm skeptical. Um, and they just don't have, they don't have a lot of things. there. like, I think that's a bad matchup for, for Cleveland. And that's a good matchup for us because, you know, my biggest concern in any playoff series with this team is Tibbs' ability to adjust and adapt to what a different, a coach is throwing at him. Cleveland just doesn't actually have a lot of options to like switch shit up, and because of that, I think like it's a pretty good matchup for for us overall and yeah. for Tim specifically. And it's like, you know, their biggest like they don't have. I I don't think uh, Mobley's really good. I don't think he can physically right now defend Julius Randall. Not this version of Julius. No, not yet. Yeah, and maybe and maybe Julius is going to go into the playoffs again and he'll turn into a pumpkin again. <laughs> but like I I. I'm a little bit I'm like cautiously optimistic that he at least won't totally you know just suck like he did when against Atlanta mm-hmm. um but because we have Brunson now he's not initiating as much and man like I, I don't know I just think that's a that's a good matchup for us and a rough one for Cleveland but then like you know do I think we could beat the Celtics no but yeah. I do think we would be like take a couple games maybe yeah i'm about to say a six
0: game series for sure and another thing about cleveland i don't think they match up that well against anybody to be honest just because they're too static like as far as flexibility goes i just don't think they can throw enough at the teams that are gonna they're gonna be seeing in the playoffs other than you know maybe they see miami but even then i just feel like miami's too switchable on defense like i i don't know like they're Cleveland's in a in a weird spot because how much is Jared Allen making? Not saying Jared Allen's a bad player, but
1: uh, Ger- Jared Allen's about like twenty million a year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I feel like the next step for them is obviously you know Mobley taking that center role and them going with a full you know get a, get another wing in there instead of the double bigs. It's working in the regular season, but I just don't I don't think Cleveland's as real as people want them to be. And people were talking real big about Cleveland ever since they made the, you know, blockbuster superstar trade of the century for the greatest player we've ever seen walk the earth, Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Um, Just lockdown defender, uh, amazing electric score that would fit in any system, right? Uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Cavaliers are as good as people like to say they are. And like you said, yeah, the Knicks, man, they they're taking a couple games off of the Bucs. They're taking a couple games off of Boston, and I'd go as far as to say we're beating Miami. We're beating Cleveland. We're definitely beating the dog shit out of Chicago if they find a way into the fucking playoffs. Um, who else? I, I mean, mean the, the only
1: thing with the thing with Miami. I mean, we probably won't even end up being able to play a series against Miami because yeah, no. we're going to end up probably on the same side, like the lower half or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, but like. Spolster is just way better than Tibbs as a coach, and he's Fair. way better at in-game adjustments and all that type of stuff. So I, as much as I think our roster is flat out better than
0: theirs, I would Our be- roster's Tibbs-proof, though. Like, it's Tibbs-proof. Like, it's—I can't see Tibbs fucking this up. And I know that's crazy to say, but I just can't see Tibbs fucking this up and not being able to beat a Miami.
1: I mean, the problem is if, like, any team goes small, Tibbs will never adjust to that. That's so. True. It's like I mean, does my can Miami do it? I don't know. Maybe not. But like, it's it that that's always the concern for me. Like, if you go play Boston and they're like, you know what, we're just gonna go five out right now. Will tips adjust? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. Given the evidence that we've seen over a side in New York, <laughs> he's pretty stubborn about like he wants a center on the floor at all times. So, right. um, you know, I I'm like I'm a little bit more like I, there's just certain matchups that I would be worried about mostly because of the coach. Um, but like in, in terms of talent, I mean, you've got like, you've got you have an all-star, like Julius yep. Randle made an all-star team. Jalen Brunson is playing at an all-star Could have been an all-star. Yeah, he's playing at, <laughs> like an all-star. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like, you know, quickly and Grimes and Hartenstein and Hart and, 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 you know, maybe RJ gets his head out of his ass, but like, there's a lot of just, that's a lot of good talent, good players. Um, and you know, like. Cleveland is the is just the most obvious one because they obviously traded a lot of their depth to get Mitchell, um, right. which like I think was I think they should have done it. So I'm I'm I I'm fine with that. But like they just don't have a lot of guys that they can turn to in various situations. And it's like you know are you gonna play with three guards with like Ricky Rubio on the floor at times? You right. gonna, <laughs> who like is Danny Green actually capable of playing right now? What's like Chetty Osmond? He's okay. I, I he's an okay player, but like. How many minutes are you really going to give him? You know, Okoro is apparently hitting threes a little bit now, but like, do you really buy that? I don't know. I I just think that they're, they don't have a lot of, they're going to go as far as those top four guys take them. If those guys are playing well. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I I don't think this year was ever going to be the year for them to like Mm -mm. go make a bunch of noise. Um, I mean, they're still really young, so it's not like a huge crisis or anything, but um, you know, I think people were saying earlier in the year there was a lot of like, you know, maybe maybe Cleveland is already that good. And I get it, but like I think they have they have a losing record away from home. Um and and their defense is awesome, but their offense is, you know, it's 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 okay. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, but it's not it's not I mean the Knicks have a better offense. So like I think it's pretty interesting to look at these teams and you know, obviously, we know the defense for the Knicks hasn't been there uh, consistently, but a lot of the a lot of the reasons just with Mitch being out, like that's a huge drop for us. So, yeah, um, yeah, Cleveland right now they're tenth in offensive rating. Um, the Knicks are sixth, so Cleveland's good, but they're not. You know, you would have you would have thought, or maybe the expectation of like, well, they have Garland and Mitchell now, that's going to be like, they're not quite at the at the level that I think yeah. some people were projecting for them this year. Um, the defensive rating, they do lead the league in defensive rating. They're absolutely awesome on defense. Um, but the Knicks, the Knicks are sixteenth right now, uh, at least on Basketball Reference. Yeah. But again, Mitch comes back. I think that changes. I think we finish in the top Big ten time. on defense. So I, I'm, you know, look. If I think like the common um, statistical argument is like if you have a top ten offense and a top ten defense, you're probably in the mix in some yeah. some kind and I know the Knicks like look. We've I've talked about the offense forever, but they've kind of like committed to this weird. It's not like a very beautiful offense to watch, but they have all these guys that are awesome offensive rebounders. They don't turn the ball over, and they like and Brunson's a great shot maker. That that yeah. apparently is enough. Like that's enough to have a top ten offense. And I don't know how that will play out in the in the in the postseason. You know our team's able to take some of that stuff away maybe, but
0: you know, it's our depth, man. That's what's going to take us past a lot of these teams for me, man. It's, it's our depth. It's that guy It's number five coming off the bench, man. Like that it's our depth is just so, so, so much better than a lot of these teams we're going to see. Like, it's not just like a regular old, Oh, you know, they have a couple guys like, no, we have a, a legit five off the bench that, are going to be, like, even, you know, I know we run a five-man rotation or nine-man rotation, but our bench five, like, our rotation five is eons, eons better than a lot of teams are going to face in the playoffs. So I don't know. I feel like that's our X factor, man. I feel like if Grimes and, and Quick or whoever, if Grimes is starting, whether it's Hart, we're just going to power teams off the court, man. We're going to just grind teams off the court. Like, this is – In Tibbs' head, and Tibbs' like sadistic, weird, like enigmatic head, this is like a dream lineup for him. Mm -hmm. Like, this is this is everything that he wants. He has nine guys, almost ten guys, that he can trust to just run all four quarters, run teams off the court. And I don't know, man. I feel like it's going to get really funny in the playoffs. As long as we don't see Boston or Milwaukee first round. I definitely think we're we're a second round team. If you don't mind, let me turn on my light real quick. It's getting a little dark on this end. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I, can hear no, you I yeah, I I I'm Philly is a tough one because I think Embiid is just really like a problem. I mean, he's a problem for everybody. It's not just the Knicks. Um so like that one is tough for me. I do think the Knicks they've played Philly pretty well this year. Um they split the season series two two. Obviously, we know that they we beat them at the garden uh just this past month. A game in which Evan Fournier actually went off, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and so like the Knicks have played them well. I still think I would give that a team that has you know Harden and MB the edge over us in a in a series right now. So, um, but like, I, I wouldn't be terrified of playing them.
0: Yeah, and, no, I'm. I'm. I like how we match up against Philly. I like yeah. how we match up.
1: And then and then other than that, like yeah, like Cleveland. You know, we talked about that. I think we match up well with them. I think a, a lot of people have. You know, I had. Jordan Cohen on on uh on the pod last week, and he's a Cavs guy, and he was like, yeah, he 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 said himself, he just doesn't like the matchup, he doesn't like that matchup for Cleveland. So I I think that's like out there that like people do feel that way. And um again, like the heart trade just helped,
0: solidified it.
1: Yeah, it, it just solidified. Like you know, Deuce developing young player, I think he did a pretty admirable job. Um, you know, you know, he got. Shit on by a lot of fans because he's not Cam Reddish, which like I don't really know why that is a problem. Glad because, that's over. Yeah, glad I'm glad that's over, and, it over. Yeah, and I mean look, like whatever you want to say about Cam, he didn't get a shot here, didn't work out here. Um I, I think like flat out the fact that the team improved as soon as he got benched, what that doesn't that doesn't need to mean that Cam is hopeless and he's a bum and it's all it was all because of him that the team is struggling, but I do think like it justifies their choice. Um, and, and honestly, like over the weekend, I went back and I watched like four or five of the games from earlier in the season where Cam was playing, you know, and games that Cam played relatively well. In. Um, and even in those games, like, man, I'm telling you, the defense is just not good. Like he's never, he's, he's always behind. He's always lagging behind. And it, it's, it's crazy watching it on the, on, a, on the rewatches. And it's like, it's, it's so noticeable. Um, and then on top of that, like he's he doesn't rebound the ball at all it's again that's one of the biggest reasons why josh hart was such a good pickup for us like he addresses one of the Nick's biggest problems this year has been defensive rebounding he's a great defensive rebounder cam was an atrocious one um but, and, I, and i don't say that as an exaggeration like he quite literally it was the worst rebounder on the team um if you go and like look at the season totals uh for the season so um Okay, like in terms of minutes played, uh, Cam Reddish played four hundred thirty-eight minutes. Derrick Rose played three hundred thirty-six. and Fournier played four hundred fourteen. Um, wow! So, so Cam played more than them. He uh, he got thirty-one total rebounds. He got twenty-four defensive rebounds. And um, Evan, Fournier, <laughs> defensive re- For- Evan Fournier forty-one defensive rebounds. Evan Fournier forty-one defensive rebounds. He's a bad and, and Fournier is a bad rebounder. Like yeah, I'm terrible. Pretty, he, he's a bad rebounder. So. He's getting more boards than a six eight guy with a seven one wingspan who's way more athletic than him. Derrick Rose got thirty two defensive rebounds in three hundred thirty six minutes played. Um, like,
0: but you don't just- get it. You don't get it, Schwin. He's not engaged. Yeah. T- Tibbs isn't fucking holding his hand and rubbing his back so he doesn't have to fucking try and get boards and play defense like so stupid it's the most asinine argument and like all the shit that people say about cam reddish to put him over evan fournier and to put him over all these guys that they should, oh, you know cam reddish should be playing over these guys every single reason it's not even it's not even anything that that's real it's it, you have oh you have a six guy that's linky and can play defense he's not like you said terrible defender terrible terrible rebounder his scoring's not even not even good like i would say it's not that great it's not even good like it's average when he when he tries he can be an average scorer. But it's like, dude, I, you're not going to say I will. He is a bum. He's hopeless. Like, I don't think trailblazers are going to turn him around and make him this fucking Rudy Gay regen that people think that he's going to be. Like, no. He's he's a bum. He's hopeless. Um, this is his third or fourth situation now where he's been just – I don't know, man. Like, I, I really don't like I, that guy. At um, some point, At
1: some point, if, like, you constantly need – Oh, if you do this thing, it'll unlock him. If you do that thing, it'll unlock him. If you do this, it'll at some point. If you need all of these very specific things to occur, it's probably You're not says very good. About... Yeah, it just says something about you. And like, and the reality of the situation is this like I don't have a problem with like Cam wanting to get traded. You know, if he wanted he wanted a trade, he wanted a bigger role, fine. I have oh, no yeah. problem with that. That's that's his progress, it's his career. I-, I can't criticize him for that. But what I think it's telling is like like this idea, like I, I can't believe this. I'm gonna like defend Tom Thibodeau here. Like I, <laughs> I, I won't criticize him for for benching. Yeah, I'm just not going to. And like maybe you can you can argue, and I I would agree that like not just not just Tibbs, but like the front office, the way they managed that situation was not good, and it revealed that like yeah, they probably weren't. Equal, they, they they there was clashing internally, and they weren't on the same page. So I get all that, and and I'm fine if that's if that's what a thing that you want to discuss and like criticize them for. I think that's fair. That's very much in balance. What I will not criticize him for or the front office for is pulling the plug when they did. And if you just look at Cam Reddish again, I went back and watched like four or five games from of the season. His defense was terrible. Um, his rebounding is non-existent. As a scorer, he improved a lot as a slasher off the ball, but. He he's he's not somebody that can create offense. And and that's <laughs> really been his problem his entire career. And and it's like he seems to think that he should be able to do more offensively and he should be have a, a bigger role. And I just think like that just shows me he, he doesn't get it. He does not get like if he wanted it, he could easily lock himself in to like making seventy, eighty million dollars on his next contract if he yeah. just bought the role. If he if he would buy into, like Okay, I'm. I'm never going to be Cam Reddish, you know, the five star guy in high school that Anthony Edwards said was amazing and nobody oh defended. God. Right? Like, like that, <laughs> that's not going to be me in the NBA. And 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 his role should be like work. You know, be be a spot up shooter, attack closeouts, and get your brain together on defense and on rebounding. And all of a sudden, that's a guy that would be incredibly. I mean, that's the reason why I liked them taking a shot on Reddish because it's like you see the physical tools, you see his size, it's all there for him, but yeah. he doesn't want to do it. He isn't he doesn't seem like that's that's not where he's mentally at in his career yet. He has not he has not accepted that like this might be his role. And like look, we're talking about Cam, we can this could apply to somebody like RJ Barrett. I think RJ yeah. Barrett is going through a similar struggle right now where he's like Definitely. he wants to be the like oh, I got the contract, I need to prove that I'm like an all-star, I can get 20 a game and, I'll and like I get that, but to some extent, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But can you just like, can you play defense again? Yeah, can, can you, you do, do
0: all the other shit well again that yeah. got you to this point? Like, yeah,
1: can can you play defense again? Can you, you know, get your head out of your ass when the when a shot goes up and box somebody out? Can you get a contested rebound from me, please? Just yeah. once. Can you do that? Like, can you can you kick out on drives every now and then a little bit more frequently? <laughs> just like, once in a while. Yeah, it's like it's like, and I get that. Like, but the difference to me between RJ and Cam is just like RJ's just. You know, yeah, he's inefficient. Yes, he does stupid fucking. He makes stupid decisions defensively and on the glass. I I agreed all that. He's just way more productive than Cam Reddish. It's not like a. It's not really. They they might have the same underlying issue of like not accepting what their role should be and what, what you know. But that but RJ's problem is so different from Cam's because yeah, Cam to me is just like man. At a certain point, if Atlanta didn't want you, okay, Atlanta drafts you. Then within two and a half years, they're like, you know what, we got to move this guy on, and he wanted out, and he didn't. He wasn't happy with his role there. A, a team a that needs Lakers wing talent, like twenty four
0: like minutes a night. Like a team that needs wing talent, yeah. they've needed wing talent for a minute now, and they said no. And we
1: we needed we need a wing we need wings. Yeah. So like the fact that a team like us that we literally don't like our wings are RJ and Grimes and Hart, and like RJ's the biggest one. He's six six, you know. Hart's six right. four. Grimes is six four. Like they're not really type of big wings no. that other teams have so like we need we need a guy like Cam like that archetype that physical build that's like kind of what we're missing on this roster and the fact that like I just don't care I, I literally don't <laughs> well, he care got better when
0: I, he got benched <laughs> Yeah,
1: like that Tibbs, Tibbs made the decision and you know what like we people killed Tibbs. I killed Tibbs all last season when he didn't change when he wouldn't change shit up in the rotation when he yeah. kept throwing the same stuff out there. So, th- look, he made a tough, he made a pretty big call there of like, I'm going with with Deuce over camp. And that was pretty like, I mean, there are a lot of people that are pissed off when when he kind of like announced that, um, before that Cleveland game more or less. And 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 you know, it wasn't just camp, right? Like Rose out of the rotation, is mm-hmm. out of the rotation. So, it, this, I, I mean. Did he single out Cam in a way? I mean, you can argue it, but like he he actually did the thing that he didn't do last year. And he took three guys out of the rotation that were not playing well. Uh he went with a second year guard to replace them effectively in in Deuce McBride, and the team played much better. And that and that includes, you know, a stretch. Brunson missed time. RJ yeah. missed quickly missed a game. Um like Mitch
0: has been gone for mad long.
1: So like the fact that he made those calls and the team has still played as well as they have—I uh, mean, they're twenty-three and fourteen since he made that change. That's just under a fifty-one win pace. Like, that's—I'm sorry, it's like, I Yeah, I, I can't criticize him for that. I'm sorry, like, and if you and if you know, your point is, well, the Knicks should be willing to develop Cam and, and live with his bad play Why? because you're hoping that down the line he progresses. Sure, but like, we already know that 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 this team. Is trying to win basketball games. They're they're not just here to like develop talent and you know play a bunch of young guys go- young guys and see what like no they they want to make the playoffs. I'm assuming that there's some kind of like internal push probably from Dolan to like to be a competitive team to be a playoff team at least this year. Um, you know everybody like last year was miserable. It was a step back after like a very fun season, and this year feels like I don't know that like they're not. I don't even say they're back on track, but I do think this is like. It's a much, it's a much better progression. Um, like if you're going to be a scrappy playoff team, doing it with like a bunch of young dudes you drafted, and then yeah. Brunson and Randall and Hart, like that feels like a lot more not just sustainable but productive than what we did last year for sure. And and it, it just feels like there's a lot more upside than than there was with that 2020 2021 team, of course, which was of really fun. But it's like you know, yeah.
0: Nah, and it's like if um, you want to if you wanted to So yeah, like draft or fucking yeah. develop a talent, you might we, we have draft picks. Like people are acting like as if, "Oh, if we don't develop Cam Reddish, then we're just not going to see another fucking 6'8 six, six, guy with a long wingspan ever again." And it's like, "Dude, we have fucking we had picks. Like we're not going to be that far down in the draft. Our team drafts exceptionally well. Like all the guys that Leon Rose has drafted since he's come in have played and been good in the league like why can't we just draft somebody why is it out of the question i just the whole conversation around him is so stupid and so asinine it's 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 ridiculous uh i'm i'm very much glad that cam reddish is not a nick anymore thank you but no thank you uh no and and i think the other part too is
1: like i i've I've saw i've seen people like be upset that they've Knicks traded their first round pick to get josh hart and it's like oh my god we're trading away another first this year leon rose always trading his first round picks, and like i get that but also at the same time like you still have another first coming from dallas in this year's draft so (laughs) you have that um you added a piece who is almost definitely going to stick around long term uh and josh hart who's 27 so like is he super young no but he's not he's not gonna fall off a cliff in the next two or three years like he's gonna be part of the rotation he's gonna be a productive nba player during that time um Mm -hmm. so you you didn't just like and and quite frankly the team is good like the team was good enough that i think you almost owe it to them to try to get an upgrade if you can to help them on the court and like look they were they were 20 and 14 before they made the trade they've been three and oh since then like this team you have to like back your players to an extent and i think showing that hey look like they didn't, you know, and they have to manage the little thing here, right? Where it's like, okay, Deuce is out of the rotation now. I don't think it was that tricky of a thing. Like, I'm sure Deuce would love to still be playing, but like, he's a second year player who still has to earn his way. Like, he has to earn yeah. those minutes. He and he he didn't play well man. enough. Yeah, and yeah, and he he didn't play well enough that I'm like going to be exactly furious that Josh Hart is taking his minutes. You know, yeah. um, so like, I, I think. The, so you use a first round pick to upgrade on your roster for this year, and a player who's going—he's going to be around long term. You still have another first in this year's draft coming from Dallas. You've got all your future firsts after this year, and you've got all—you got those three other protected picks from Washington, Detroit, and Milwaukee. So like, you have assets, you have avenues to add young talent. I'm pretty confident they will be drafting somebody in this year's draft. Uh, sure. and, and the other thing is, they still have Roca sitting around, like. He's still playing very well in Spain. They have that in the pipeline if they want to bring him over at some point. So, like, they they don't... This is not a team, like, devoid of young talent or devoid of avenues to add more young talent via the draft. Um, And also, like, yes, it is okay to make a trade that isn't... Like, not every fucking trade should be viewed as, like, well, did that that make them a championship contender? Like, (laughs) you can't do that. Like, that's just bullshit to me And when people fucking do that shit. Because it's like... No, like you don't get from like where the Knicks were. Okay, so when Leon Rose takes over, that so the end of that season, right? They they they, they were twenty-one and forty-five before mm-hmm. COVID happens, They get shut down. They didn't make it to the bubble, right? Okay, they're twenty-one and forty-five. They the roster was basically Randall, who ninety-five percent of Knicks fans at that point in time wanted to trade him. Uh, they had RJ Barrett, who yes, he 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 had an up and down rookie year, fine, and they had Mitchell Robinson, who again, yeah, good player. That was the roster, basically. I mean, yeah, they had Knox. They had Frank, but, like, look at, you know, if you think going from where they were at that point in time to to be a contender, like, you can't, like, not, there's no move that was going to make them one contender, so to no. evaluate every move they make is like, well, does this make them a contender? Does this make them a contender? What's their plan? Does this make them a contender? Like, that's what people do with the Brunson thing over the summer. It's like, well, I don't really understand what the Knicks are doing because, like, this move doesn't really move the needle. He's not an all-star. He's not yeah, a superstar,
0: so why would you pay him $100 million? And it's like, you need a you need fucking mind. point
1: guard. Like, it's not that complicated. You need a fucking point guard. They got the best one on the market in the offseason, and like, lo and behold, wow, he might actually be an all star now. Like, so, who, <laughs> so what the fuck? Like, I just think viewing every fucking move, and, and this is not just for the Knicks, this is for any team. Viewing any move is like, well, if the only thing that we're going to evaluate is like, well, doesn't make him a contender, doesn't make him a contender, then like, we should just criticize like 95% of moves that are made. Yeah, NBA. no.
0: And like, that was like the, the funniest thing about the argument to me was like, everybody that I would ask, like, oh, why are these guys signing Brunson? Why are you guys signing Jalen Brunson? like the first question I always ask, is, does he make us better? Does he make us a better team? The question is, the answer is yes. Then fucking do it. Like we don't have to give up any assets. We can, we already cleared up the space to sign him. The assets, the asked quote unquote assets that we sh- were going to miss so bad. Only one I actually miss is Alec Burks. I actually do miss Alec Burks. I think he would be, yeah. he'd fit right in on this roster. But regardless, I would give up Alec Burks if it meant to sign Jalen Brunson. And it's like, I don't know, man. If if the if the player makes us better, then what the fuck are we so angry about? As long as we're not giving up anything close to, you know, overvalue or over reaching for anybody, which Josh Hart wasn't a reach. People tried to say the the adding the pick was a reach. It's not a reach. It's not a reach. Taking a guy that's out of the rotation that we weren't gonna use anyway. You're basically just trading Josh Hart for a pick at that point because Cam Reddish is nothing. To me, Cam Reddish, yeah, Cam, Radish, yeah. <laughs> no, Cam didn't
1: matter. To, like he, he existed in that trade to like make the salary work.
0: That's, right.
1: That's it. That's basically it. Like it, that's the only reason he went out. And maybe he's gonna ball out in Portland. I'm quite skeptical he's of that. Not. I don't. I think that's actually like a very bad. It's funny. They they suck on defense. I don't think adding Cam Reddish is a particularly solid move to address that. Uh, maybe Thibault is. We'll see. I don't know. But like
0: you know, fucking sucks. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, like, if you want to talk about, like, again, like, this idea that every move has to be about championship contention, like, what teams go from non-contender to contender instantly? Like, that just never—it very, very rarely happens. It very I'm rarely happens. I'm trying to honestly
0: think of a trade that made a team a contender other it was like, than like the AD trade. trade.
1: The AD trade, the KG trade back in the day with Boston. um Like,
0: those are— Kawhi. Yeah, but Kawhi, that's I mean,
1: it. Yeah, you don't—and and even the Kawhi trade— like, the reason it made them a contender is because they had been a non-contender, but a good a good team, but a non-contender, yeah. for three or four years before that. And then it was like, okay, well, if we just take out DeRozan and put Kawhi in
0: that spot, actually, guess what? We're a contender now. Like, And all can't... these guys are top five guys. Like, at the time of trading, they were arguably top five guys in the NBA. Yeah. Not one of the top five are moving anytime soon. Like, not anybody. So nobody's going to be turning from a non-contender to a contender anytime soon. At least in my my opinion, my top 5, none of them are fucking moving.
1: And and I think like the other point is, you know, if if let's say whatever reason Luca like Lucas he wants out and you know, he's like I want to come to New York and just, you know, trade whatever you got to 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 get me there. But like the Knicks would actually be in a position, not saying that they would have the best trade package for him or whatever, but like they would actually. That's finally a position where you're like, okay, well, actually, if we add Luca to this roster, they, we might we're, we, we're a contender. Like, so you're in a position now where you have built out your roster to the point where, if you if one of those guys are, or a star, or superstar, or however you want to phrase it, becomes available, it's not unreasonable to make that gamble at this point now because you have existing talent on the team. That if you like, let's say like Jalen Brown, right? He might be a free agent. I was just about player. to
0: ask you about Jalen yeah. Brown. What are you giving Jalen Brown?
1: I mean, he would need a max. That That's, he, of course. Like, he's going to get a max. And are you comfortable agency. giving him the max? But like, but like, he, so he's, I would, I think you have to do it if like that's available to you, even if you're a little, I'm a little bit apprehensive about it because I don't love Jalen Brown as much as other yeah, people neither. do. I mean, he's really good, don't get me wrong. But he's like, I don't think he, he's not a good passer. I, I don't trust his decision-making offensively. I think he's a little bit overrated defensively, but, like, he's still an all-star and, like, a deserving yeah. all-star. He's a good, he's a really good player. Um, but, like, yeah, that that's a situation where it's like, yeah, like, if if for whatever reason, the way, like, you have to trade shit because, you know, you, don't, you can't clear the space and you have to work with Boston, I would, that's, like, a, a point where I'd be like, okay, look, if the trade was literally something like R.J. Barrett and... Whatever first for Jalen Brown, like I seriously consider did that. Yeah, I would be okay if the Knicks did that because yes, there's risk there. Obviously, maybe RJ figures it out. Maybe Jalen Brown isn't a good fit, but sure. But like, you can talk me into yeah. We don't have a top five, top ten guy, but if you're just if you keep the rest of your depth and it's like you're basically replacing. Jalen, like RJ Barrett with Jalen Brown, that team might be a contender. It would be like a one of those weird championship teams that doesn't. Definitely have-
0: an ECF, like Eastern Conference finalist for sure.
1: It's very competitive. I'll put it that
0: way. So like yeah.
1: it's that that's like what that's why you can't judge every single fucking move about did it make him a contender? Because you can't make a move to become a contender. Until you, like, are good enough to be a second-round exit. Yeah. You like, need, a, so you need it,
0: to set the foundation. You don't have the foundation yet, you can't fucking add the house on top. Yeah. Like, you you need the foundation. And the Knicks haven't had that foundation in a very, very long time. And we have probably the best foundation in the NBA to, like, add a star to. Out of the teams that are trying to add a star right now, I mean, if you try to list them out. But it would be like... Um... Like, you can Brooklyn. try to say Sacramento, Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I mean, Sacramento, Miami. I mean, maybe, they, uh, let's see. You can Orlando. say Toronto. Orlando's interesting.
1: I think they're, they're, they're...
0: Yeah, but Orlando's rocking Toronto. right now. They're chilling. They're chilling. Maybe they are, Lakers. but like, see, like,
1: this, that, that Orlando's an interesting one, though, because, uh, like, I mean, look, obviously they didn't do the trade, and I, I would not blame them for not doing it, but, like, <laughs> if they had traded all their future first or whatever for donovan mitchell like that team might like i mean they might be a like, dark horse this year Uh um, right. so like they're they're an interesting team to me because i think they have they're in a position now with all the picks they have all their picks i think they have a couple from other teams coming in they have one from chicago i think they have one from denver that they're still owed for them from the Aaron gordon trade mm-hmm. um but like yeah i mean they're a team where it's like yeah man if I mean, depending we'll see. Somebody always becomes available because it's the NBA. But it's like if some if they can get, get the right guard with that team, they could be cooking because they're yeah. problem defensively. Like Wagner and Paolo and they got all these big dudes. Wendell. Just, Wendell's yeah, they, my
0: guy. I love Wendell Carter.
1: Yeah, I've always loved them. And it's
0: they're just a weird
1: ass team. And it's like, you know, you get the right guy there. They they might already be uh on the cusp of something. I mean they've I think they're nineteen and fifteen in their last thirty four games. Um Obviously, we played them recently. I thought that game was really good. It was like a very yeah. competitive game. But they're just a they're a fucking tough team to match up with, given their size. So um, they're an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, look, I I think at the very least, it's the fact is like the Knicks actually have a foundation now where you can imagine like if we can plug in star player X, that player might be actually be able to lift us to a, a to be a contender. Yeah. Um. Like you know, like I don't know, Devin, Devin Booker is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. But if he were. If the Knicks got him, I think where else is he be... looking, man? Yeah, I mean, I just think that would be like a like that's basically what we don't have is a star wing scorer, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I think if that was available and the Knicks were able to do that move like that, um, yeah, I think that that would be like that's just one you have to make, and it's also one where you're like, I do think that the Knicks would be a contender um, if they added a player like Devin Booker into like again, if it was like this RJ and a bunch of picks package. Um, I think that that move definitely makes them better now, uh, and it, it would almost certainly, in my opinion, anyway, make them a contender.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure, without a doubt. We add a start of this what we got cooking right now without giving up much more than like you said, RJ and picks, or maybe even a combination of Grimes and and well, actually, that's interesting. So, do you think we're still there if we give up like a package of like Grimes, Quick, and maybe like a Sims and a couple picks, like a pick or two, just like, you know, like something similar to what we saw thrown at uh, Utah for Donovan Mitchell. Like, do you think, do you think we're still at that level if we do give up more than just RJ and picks?
1: Um, I think if we, if we did RJ and I, I would rather keep the depth um, Mm -hmm. versus like if you're if you're trying to balance those two because the way i look at it is that um like in either of those in either of those scenarios and this is just how trades are now in the nba like you're going to be giving up a bunch of draft capital uh regardless of who the primary players are so i would rather keep my depth um and give up rj especially because like rj like if if you're talking about like what i mean this is this is just a fact right now to me anyway yeah. if you're looking at this next team and you're looking like where's the easy like what's what's the next spot in this rotation lineup whatever that we should be looking to upgrade the deuce one was obvious right that was obvious we were a, a bunch like m- most experts are saying that for like a month like hey if they can figure out a way to bump up this spot that would be a big boost but you look at the bench now and you're like you know yeah maybe a different type of four to back up randall because Tibbs doesn't, you know, it's not really interested in hates Obi topic's yeah. guts or whatever. Yeah, whatever want. it is. But like, you know, maybe that'll be that'll give you a bump, but it's not going to be a significant one. It'd be a very minor bump. Um and Hartenstein now playing the way he at he's at I, I don't think adding a backup five and Mitch, obviously when he's been healthy, he's been great as a starting five this year. Like the obvious spot is the guy who is playing very poorly. Like yeah. to be honest this year is RJ Barrett. And Like I would much rather trade him to get an instant upgrade at that spot, especially when you're talking when especially when you're talking about a guy like you know in this hypothetical, obviously, which is probably never going to happen, Devin Booker. But like, like you'd much rather do that than I think. Okay, we keep RJ, but then I move out Grimes and I move quickly and I move out whatever else because it's like, like, does can RJ do like? Because I know that Devin Booker can score an efficient twenty five a game. Like he can be a top one two option. I know, right. I don't know. And I know that Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes can be awesome role players off of guys like that. I mean, I think they're capable of more, but like, they can play those roles off of Mm -hmm. those guys. I don't know if RJ Barrett wants to, or can do that right now. Because like, the way he's playing this year, again, like he's trying to expand his game and be a star. And I get that I'm fine with that. He's a 22 year old. He should be trying to like push the boundaries of his game. But at that point, if you're trading for a guy like Devin Booker, you're not in it any. Like, you don't have time for guys to like, just oh, well, we're fine punting on this season more or less because our, the 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 growing pains of RJ Bear will be worth it. Like, no, it, it's not. Yeah. You can't operate like that at that point. So, um, that's I, that's just what I think. And you know, I would love for RJ to just turn it around and and come out after this All Star break and and you know, one, you know, maybe hit rim on a three. Would be nice. Uh, <laughs> Box out on a board. Play some defense would also be good. Like, like, yeah. Like, because if he does, like, the, again, like, I think really, I, I have like a tough time actually thinking about what is this team ceiling if they just get the R.J. Barrett that played two years ago. If they just get that version of R.J. and he play, like, how good is this team? I don't know because he's really the one. Again, the one piece in the rotation. That's like sinking lineups right now. Other than that, I mean, we know Brunson's cooking. We know Quickly is like the god of net rating. Grimes is doing his thing. I mean, I know he's struggling too, but at least when Grimes is struggling, he's one. He doesn't take still a lot an elite shot, defender. So never, yeah, yeah, and he doesn't. He's not shooting a lot, so it's not like you know. If he if he goes, there's a difference between him going two of eight versus like RJ going five two of, of twenty-one. Yeah, yeah, like whatever. If there's a huge difference there, so. um you know and randall we'll see like i I, at the end of the day i might not i don't totally trust him but like he's playing really well and you just like at at some point you kind of just have to like okay well that is what it is if he's playing this well we can't really do anything about it Uh, in a
0: sustainable way too not in the in a not in the way that he was playing well a couple years ago like in a much more sustainable way in a much smarter way seems like a much more fun player to play with uh not just not being a fucking asshole. Like mm-hmm. the nigga's not being a fucking asshole. That's that's the main thing.
1: Yeah. And um yeah, so uh before we continue this discussion though, uh NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Own the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. yeah, so I I just again like the the RJ piece of it is just really like I think there's a lot of frustration with fans and everybody because look, he was the third overall pick. He yep. he in some ways last year, um I, I thought it was a little bit exaggerated, like how well he played the second half of last year. I thought he did improve, but like he was still pretty inefficient. So like I, I think I but I was I was kind of like good with the trajectory. And and this yeah. year is just frustrating because it feels like an actual step back from him, like a genuine step back. Um and then you just and and I think what also makes it even more frustrating is like you that, that you then have like a guy like quickly who is in his third year in the NBA and he's progressing like and he he is showing like tangible improvement whereas with RJ you're seeing like what really feels like a down year for him. And um, that's, that's just, it's just frustrating and it's hard to like stay level-headed when you're evaluating him because it's like, dude, you're supposed to be like part of this and you're supposed to be helping. And right now you're just playing like a huge asshole. Like, yeah. please, uh, stop doing that, please.
0: Yeah. You're the legit, the the worst player in the starting lineup right now. And if you were to come off the bench, you'd be the worst player off the bench right now too. Like it, it's not, it's not a pretty situation margin. And it's sad because I'm literally wearing RJ jersey like right now like I I, I, was, like, I checked <laughs> on the RJ jersey for this interview but it's, it's sad but it's like dude the, the guy the guy I can't really defend him I'm, I've been the biggest RJ, RJ Barrett supporter and and you know defender for his whole career and yeah you know as much as he's 22 years old and figuring it out and just got paid a big contract and all that. It's just like, there's just so much shit that is just unacceptable. Like, I just, I just cannot accept it. Like, I can't find it in the fiber of me to defend it. Like, it's in it, most of it, 95% of it comes down to effort and giving a fuck. And it's like, you would think with the team being much better than it's ever been in his career, that. It would be, you know, he'd have some sort of fire in him to try to be that guy and, you know, put in a hundred and ten percent effort. But it's not; it's just not been that. And it's very reminiscent of Randall last year. Like you yeah. don't want to say it, but it's it's Randall last year all over again. And maybe not to the same degree, obviously, because Randall was what twenty six last year, um, getting paid what he was getting paid, and coming off the year that he came off of, where he was, you know, all star, all NBA guy falling to being a raging asshole that's the worst shooter in the league. Like, now, R.J. Barrett is like, you know, he went from a 29 guy on, like you said, you know, below average efficiency to now. Dude, it's it's hard to even say what even the guy is good at right now. Like, it's hard to even say what is R.J. Barrett's, you know, strength right now. You can say driving, but he's not even doing at an efficient level. He can't even... He doesn't even have any touch around the rim right now. It's 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 tough to watch the dude play. He's lost, um, and you know he can't keep his Twitter likes under control now. So it's just really all it's really all just going to hell for the guy. I mean, and this is not to say that I'm out on him by any means. I don't think any rational Knicks fan is out on RJ Barrett by any means. It's it would be stupid to to be out on RJ Barrett at this point in his career. But you really do need to see some strong signs of improvement for the end of the year. If you want to feel confident moving forward with him at this point in the team construction, if we were where we were at last year and he was doing this shit, I wouldn't even think I'd be that mad or, but if he's like now he's paid. And like you said, all these things about the team where we're at competitively, I just, I can see the front office being like, okay, can we really trust this guy to be that starting lineup guy moving forward instead of, Like you said, moving off of him to try to make a push for a Jalen Brown, to try to make a push for, you know, uh, uh, whoever you want to, you know, name insert shooting guard, insert wing guy here. It's just like, you know, that's a big decision that they're going to have to make this summer because maybe I'm overblowing it a little bit. Maybe I'm being a little bit too, you know, reactionary or whatever. But I do feel like this summer and next summer, especially, even more so, are like two of the most important summers for Leon and co as far as taking this team to the next step. Cause I think this team has a lot of juice right now and we have a lot going for us, but wasted time can just fucking ruin all of that. And putting all of our stock behind RJ Barrett right now, what we're seeing from RJ Barrett, it could deem detrimental. You know, it it could, it could be, you know, pretty bad for us. So like I said, I don't want to get too down RJ Barrett because, We've seen the guy be shitty and come back and be great before. Um, or be good, at least. I I think, and like I said, 95% of the things that I'm saying aren't even skill-based. Like, I know what the guy can bring to the table when he gives a fuck. It's just that he doesn't seem to really give any fucks at all about anything. Uh, yeah, so. I mean,
1: I, I, I think he's just... He needed the all-star break maybe more than anybody uh, oh, on sure. the team. So hopefully he comes back and he's... Uh... He's he's in a better place, um, but yeah, I mean he, he look he's he was a mad. I mean you not last game against Atlanta he I I liked some of the drives he was making. I liked that that part of it. I just I need him to make a three. I I don't know what's going on with this three point shot. It looks
0: so broke sometimes, and then the other Dude, times it, it is so weird. Like when he's in, when he it's almost like his entire jump shot changes when he's in a shitty mode. Like when he's being shitty, it's almost like he can com- like his form and everything just changes like he just becomes a completely different player so frustrating and he's just like he's not moving well this year
1: which is the other part of it that's like really frustrating he just is moving it's like he's slow his reactions are slow um he doesn't look like he's his lateral movement has been pretty poor at times like i don't know it's, it's really weird watching him and like i don't know maybe maybe he's hurt i have no idea um i can't give him that benefit of the doubt though because yeah because he's, he's he's, playing. Yeah, he's, he's starting. playing he's playing he's on the court um he's just got to be better in those minutes and if he is hurt then he should fucking sit but like right there's nothing to indicate or nothing really that has would indicate that he's hurt um at least not you know lower body or anything like that like we know he's dealing with that you know he cut his fucking finger against Dallas, and he's been that's been wrapped up the entire time but like you know that's not like that's not really gonna cause some of the shit we're seeing so he's just gonna be better and the the frustrating part is like you'll see you know he'll he'll have that game against my like he has that game against miami he's fucking awesome in that game and he had that game against toronto where he probably should have gotten an and one to to win the game at the end of regulation when he dunked on scotty barnes and it's like he had so he still had and he had that against chicago yeah he's had games this year that you're like oh that's that's the guy that's the one that like we we need and that's the guy that we thought he was progressing to become but then you know like he just had this stretch of like four games where it's just brutal like i mean the utah game he actually played well in the second half but in the first half he was terrible and then you know the the orlando game the week before again he was terrible for like the first two and a half quarters and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter he's playing good defense he's making shots you're like where the fuck has this been And, and it's just it's like the inconsistency with him is so frustrating and it's it's why i think it's so hard to like stay level headed about him because mm-hmm. you're just like what like we need you i don't even need you to be i don't need him to do the chicago game all the time right we don't need him yeah. to be a superstar all the time i just need you to play good consistently not amazing not star level not... we just need you to be good right now consistently and and it's just it's so up and down and and to be honest like most the major like this season has felt and it has been more, more down than up and yeah. so he's got to like figure that out and and again like the other part of it that's frustrating is like if he does it the team is good so if he figures it out all of a sudden you could be talking about something like maybe this team can make more noise than anybody would would expect but yeah. it's it's on him and like in a lot of ways he's the biggest piece holding back this team from really like I don't even want to say hitting its potential, but like hitting a level that probably nobody would have expected before this season.
0: You know, again, of course not. Yeah, definitely.
1: 51 win pace over the last 30 30 games. Like that's not, I mean, a 50 fucking win team. Like that. that, (laughs) Nobody was expecting that level from this team. And again, that's with RJ playing largely like an asshole. So if he stopped playing like an asshole, that would be great. That would probably help us out a lot.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And, it's it. It's not even just regular inconsistency, right? Like, you see inconsistency from guys that are his age. It's like, okay, you know, you were bad tonight. You're going to have some average games. It's like the dude will have two weeks in a row where it's – you'll start out the fucking game two for 10, like yeah. two for 12. And it's – like you said, it's just so, so fucking tough to stay, you know, like you said, level-headed. Just stay reasonable about him. And – for me, like, I just, oh, the, the number one thing is, okay, age, age, age. Like, it's New York. He's a 22-year-old in New York. But like you said, it's, it's at this point, there's just so many things that we just gotta, we just gotta see improve from him. Um, But on to Emmanuel quickly, man. I, I really want to talk about Emmanuel quickly, dude. I, like you said last night, you said he's a, he's a all-NBA defender. I, I agree. I the dude. After our conversation last night, I ended up watching like a bunch of quickly, and it's just like I'm so happy this this guy's a Nick man. I'm so happy that we drafted this guy. I'm so happy that he stuck around because a lot of guys in his position could have fucking been upset and disgruntled because last year, I mean, whatever you want to say, you know, the year was a wash or maybe quickly stats looked like whatever. The guy got absolutely fucked last year on his minutes and did not get rewarded at all for being the best player on the team for many stretches. He didn't get rewarded at all for being the best player on the court, period, for multiple stretches that he came in. And Obi Toppin to a less extent, but Emmanuel quickly, after last season, and especially with us going and getting Jalen Brunson, I would not have been upset or faulted him at all for saying, can you just get me somewhere else? Like, can you just put me somewhere else where I'm going to be able to fucking start or at least get 25 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game? Uh, Cause it didn't look like he was gonna get it here, especially after last year. It didn't. I I was asking myself, what does this kid have to fucking do to at least you know see a start? Um, Alec Burks at point guard was more viable. So it's like it's it's so frustrating uh, to at least to watch him last year and see how good he was, and he stuck through it, man. And he's worked through it. He got better every single year he's been in the league. And like you said, like this year he's. He's a different fucking animal, man. Like, it's, it's, he's gotta be on this team for his whole career. Like, if we let Emmanuel quickly go at any point in his career, it's a fucking mistake. Unless the guy just falls off a cliff, which I don't see happening. Like, you have a guy that's legit an NBA starter at two different positions that can low key guard three. And he's a knockdown shooter. He sees the floor well. He's a great, defense. like, there's, if this guy doesn't retire in Nick, I'll I'll be the most angry I've ever been in my fucking life. Like this guy has to has to be here for the entire process. At least throughout this whole tenure with, you know, this phase of the Knicks history, he's gotta be a key member. Um and like I was saying to you last night, I wouldn't be surprised if the big swing move and all this down the road, maybe a couple years down the road from now, is trading away Jalen Brunson in the last couple years of his contract. I know that sounds blasphemous to say right now with how good he's fucking been, but I just, I that's how much I, I really like Emmanuel Quickly and think he can be a, not just a piece, but like a starter, a, 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 top three player on, a championship contender. Like that guy is really, really, really fucking good.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I, I just their front office is never training Jalen Brunson. So <laughs> no, it's, like, not yeah, it's not it's happening. It's not happening. But yeah. and, yeah. I mean, and I, I, I like. I think that quick. And Brunson, they play really well together, so I don't really mind that. That doesn't bother me at all, um, and it doesn't block Quick from getting minutes. And as we've seen, Not like he hasn't played less than, yeah, he he hasn't played less than twenty. Like last time he played under twenty three minutes was against Toronto on January sixteenth in a two point loss.
0: Um, <laughs> and I remember like that fucking loss, and he we were yeah. all like he should have fucking been in the game the whole time
1: yeah it was not a good loss um but like you know like you look at his game log since then and it's you know thirty one minutes against washington 35, thirty five thirty thirty five minutes thirty seconds against atlanta twenty seven minutes against cleveland, twenty eight against boston twenty seven against brooklyn thirty eight against l a thirty seven against miami twenty seven against l a uh you know twenty eight against philly thirty one against orlando twenty nine against philly twenty three against utah twenty seven against brooklyn 23 against atlanta like he's playing a lot and he's playing a pretty big role and, and and the big thing i think for him in some ways um in terms of like probably the biggest concern and I, I think you know starting versus not starting that's probably not as important but like the opportunity to close games when you're playing well and you know i've criticized tips plenty. And, like but he's been willing to close it quickly over rj over grimes over so like he's shown that he's he trusts him now um to to play crunch time minutes and and really be a key player for him and and to to Tibbs' credit like he's been willing to play you know two guards next to each other against teams that are that are bigger and like he's willing to take those that, that risk so um yeah, I mean, look, quickly is my favorite player on the team. I, I don't think anybody's shocked by that, but, like... <laughs> oh, but really? Like, yeah, but, like, I mean, <laughs> he's he's playing great, and, um, you know, hopefully he closes the year out the way he's playing. But, yeah, I mean, like, he, he, I think he should be getting uh, all NBA defense buzz anyway. Like, I, I don't expect him to get voted on, but I do think he deserves to be in that conversation. I think he's played at that level this year. Um, I think he's a better defender, team defender anyway right now than... uh then Quentin Grimes is Quentin is obviously a better one on one defender, but uh, in terms of like you know NBA defense for the most part is not one v one. Yeah, no, it's not. A... So so like the stuff that quickly does, he's just he's really good, uh, and I think he's like probably the most. I don't want to say smartest because that always comes across weird, but like his his game intelligence for sure. At least the defensively, most savvy. Yeah, like his his defensive savvy is definitely like you know I know Mitch is is the more impactful defender when he's when he's on but like that's also relative to his role um and how much like centers impact defense i I think quickly is just his ability to impact the game defensively um given what his role is on defense is pretty spectacular and the fact that the knicks have him and they have quentin grimes both who they drafted 25th overall um you know i was actually talking to jeremy last night about this very briefly but like I don't think people understand how much like those guys being good impacts what the Knicks roster construction and how they go about roster building. Um, I, I don't think people appreciate that because it's like, they've got two legitimate rotation pieces from late in the first who fit alongside basically any type any of one. star. Like, any type of star. Um, that influences your roster building so much and and the fact is they have them they're locked in they're on the on the team so like when you see people freaking out like oh my god i can't believe they traded a first for josh hart it's like dude they like they already did well in the draft and now they're going about using a pick to upgrade the roster just in a different way like you can use a pick to draft a player or you can use a pick To to train for a player, player. (laughs) yeah. So, so like ultimately, they're still using the capital to add pieces, but like those guys make it just very easy to go about that because they fit along with so many guys. Like, I didn't have any concern at all when we got Josh Hart. I was like. Yeah, him and Cook are going to be fucking awesome off the bench together. Like, I, and there were people like, "Oh, like, wh- whose minutes are like?" I-, I just saw so many people like freaking out, like, "Are we going to go back to a ten man rotation?" Like, who's and I'm like, "Dude, I, I think it's pretty obvious Deuce is going to come out of the rotation," which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, so like, and I look if you if you're going to be upset because you want to see them just commit to all the young guys and that kind of shit, fine. I-, I can't talk you off that ledge, but like to me, I think they have played plenty of young players. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Josh Hart
0: isn't even old. Like, yeah. Josh Hart is literally not even old. Like, people yeah. talk about Josh Hart as if he's, like, 28, 29. He's literally not. Like, what is he, 24, 25? He's 27. He's the same oh, age as Randall, basically. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. I look like
1: an idiot now. <laughs> I still don't think it's that. It's no, not you that know, no, really. I
0: mean, the point still stands. Like, he's fucking, he's not old. Like, we still have a good four years, I'd say, of very good Josh Hart. Mm-hmm. And, like the same people that are going to say, oh, why do we get Josh Hart? They're going to be the same people that are going to say, why would we even get a pick that would turn into Josh Hart later? Why would we make a trade to get a pick that could turn into Josh Hart later? So there's no way to win with those people. And to your, uh, to your point earlier, I think the league is coming around on quickly as far as the defender. Uh, oh yeah. I've been seeing more and more pundits like talking about quickly. I feel like he's, he's moving the needle as we say a lot. Uh, he's, well, I think I think Zach Lowe about. brought
1: it, Zach Lowe brought him up. So now um, all of the, NBA media has to learn from the bandwagon. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think I saw a graph today um, that was like the top power many defenders as far as opponent field goal rating or something like that. Hmm. Um, and Emmanuel quickly was right there. I think he's like in top six or top seven. Hmm. Um, now, John Morant's also on that list and he was number one. So maybe, maybe the list is bullshit. But I, I still think that that's probably my jaw hate you know, talking from the back of my mind on why I don't think ja is very good. Um, but Emmanuel quickly. point being, he's he's the league is coming around. The league is figuring out that he's a very, 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 very good player. Um, and there's many times where I'm watching Emmanuel quickly. I think the funniest thing is anytime that somebody's watching, there'll be like three or four possessions a game where there's somebody that is just so obviously like physically bigger and stronger than Emmanuel Quickly. And they'll try to do the same thing that they do to every other small guard. And like, you almost see like a look of on their faces, like, Oh shit. Like this guy's not fucking moving. Like, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know, their shots blocked or they fucking get the ball ripped from him. Like that guy, oh, man, it's uh, you can't, you can't get enough of watching the man. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I think, you know, the league, yes, he's getting, he's definitely getting more respect. It seems like at least from media types, um, obviously he, tra- he seems like he's, buddies with donovan mitchell based on last summer but like yeah, yeah he, he's he's definitely um getting more credit now and he just he deserves it i mean he deserves it i think a lot of guys on this team deserve credit i mean like the josh hart move um again like it just it 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 reduces what was one of your weaknesses and like because of that i think it draws more attention to the team because they're playing better i mean they so they beat the Jazz by six, then they dist- they basically just wiped out Brooklyn and Atlanta back-to-back. Yep. And they just, they looked they looked like the better team. Like, they just, it did not, it wasn't like, oh, they got hot from three. It was just like, no, no. we're just, like, a better team than you.
0: Because and- Atlanta fought back a little bit. Like, I think the lead went from, like, what, like, 20-something to, like, 10, 11, yeah. 11, yeah. And, like, everybody fucking started freaking out, like, oh, here it goes, like, here's the tip special, but... No, we just outclassed them and just ran them off the court. Like we were like, Okay, yeah, let's lock back in and just run them off the court. I and mean, we sure did. We the lead never dropped below ten or eleven, like you said. So, dude, it it's fun times in Knicks Nation, man. It's fun times, man. it's it's, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I today. mean
1: yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this is this is the best I felt about the team, you know, short and long term since I don't even know when, probably yeah. The- 2000 or something but like <laughs> they they are just in a good position they have good players they have a good young good young talent um i do like the tips part of it is it is what it is um yeah. i still feel like you like he's not the coach to take this team to the next level um in the playoffs and shit like that but i can't if they're playing well right now under him um i think it's kind of weird if we're spending a lot of time just like
0: trying to replace he, him.
1: Yeah, like he, I I don't know how like maybe that that's something you can do in the off season. Um I don't think like just being good should mean that you're satisfied with your coaching. Um like I again like I I suspect that they will keep Tibbs, but I also think and I would I would hypothesize I guess that like there is a world where a, another coach might be able to get more out of this team. But that being said, like, what Tibbs is getting out of this team is pretty good. Um, I do think he doesn't need to get as much credit as, like, he gets for a lot of, uh, in times like these.
0: Um, mm. If
1: anything, I would say the front office has just done a really good job of building a roster that has depth, it has upside, it has two guys playing at an all-star level, um, and more importantly, like, like, okay, we know various things about Tibbs, right? Tibbs is not going to run some, like, awesome movement offense okay fine so we need guys that can maximize that can play in this in, in how tibbs wants to play and i'm not this is not me ripping on tibbs choices this is what it is tibbs is not going to run some complicated motion offense and everybody's yeah. no he he wants you know guys that can create their own shot he wants he doesn't want the team to pass the ball too much because i think he's trying he wants to limit turnovers And he values offensive rebounding, and like the fact is, the Knicks are the second best offensive rebounding team in the league. And Mitchell Robinson has missed a bunch of fucking time. But like Sims is like the third; he's the third center, and he's a really good offensive rebounder. Hartenstein is, you know, he's he looks like he's back to his best now. Like he's moving really well. He's a monster offensive rebounder. Julius has been a monster offensive rebounder this year. And then you you went and added a guy like Josh Hart, who's a monster offensive and defensive rebounder. Like, so you just are getting guys that fit into how Tibbs is ultimately going to operate, and mm-hmm. that was a problem I think that they encountered last year. When, but you know, look they they tried to upgrade the talent offensively. Obviously, it didn't work. Right, Kemba was a corpse, and Evan was Evan was like he was a fine shooter, but he's just a terrible defensive player. Yeah, um, you know, Burks was miscast as a point guard. Yeah, Nerlens well fell off a cliff. Like they they did not have the they didn't get the rewards for signing those guys that they, that they hoped for. But like, I think that they obviously Brunson was a clear upgrade on Kemba. Um, and also more importantly, like he can operate in pick and roll and in isolation, which is what Tibbs wants to do with his guards. So, so much. And, you know, and then on top of that, again, like you get all these guys that are fucking monster offensive rebounders on the roster. Um, you know, and obviously you bet on Brunson and how he can help Julius and all these things. Like they've done a really good job of building the team out. And um, I think they deserve more credit from fans, but also just from like general media types who would much rather focus on and cry about them not having press conferences instead of like oh actually evaluating their job performance.
0: And, um, and, and what Dolan does with his cameras and facial recognition. <laughs> They'd much rather talk about that than how yeah, good the fucking it, team it's, is. You still there? Yeah.
1: And look, the team is playing so well that team is playing so well that they might not have an option at some point that they, they, they're, they're going to have to talk. about. No, they're
0: going to play off time. They'll talk good. about it. But actually,
1: it was pretty funny. I was like, I mean, it was pretty funny. Like, I think the night that we played Atlanta, that was uh, there was that Cleveland Philly game on national TV on ESPN. And before the game tipped off, I think I, I saw afterwards, but like. Stephen A had this whole rant, random rant, just a random arbitrary rant about how the Leon Rose didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell, and that was like and he was just so upset and crying about it. And I'm like, you don't you do know the Knicks are like playing really like, well right really now? Really good, right? Like, are you
0: watching? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, like I'm not sure why this was the moment you decided to uh to lose your mind about Donovan Mitchell, but you know, whatever. Look, um look, this is a good time to be a Knicks fan, it seems like. Let's hope they keep up the positive momentum after the All Star break. The schedule is pretty hard. Um, just taking a look at it now, um, you know they have, you know they come out of this break, and the first game is, I believe, Washington. Yes, they have a back to back. Friday they play Washington uh, mm-hmm. in Washington, then they come home and they play the Pelicans uh, on Saturday. Zion will not be playing in that game. Two ends uh, his rehab yeah. is Yeah, I, I, hopefully that's two ends, and then they get the Celtics on Monday before closing out the season series against Brooklyn uh, on Wednesday. So, you know, if they can just, again, you you don't, all they need to do, keep going three and one, keep going three and one, keep going three and one. Like you don't need to string together a a fucking 10 game win streak. Just make sure that you don't have extended losing streaks, string together some wins and you'll be okay. Like they, they, but this, this, this schedule is, is no joke uh, the second half of the year or not, I guess the final third of the year really. But the Knicks actually have the talent uh, to get through it, so yeah, and I'm pretty excited. That. And yeah.
0: like you were saying earlier about Tibbs, like you're saying, do you think that there's another coach out there that can get more out of the roster? Probably, definitely. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. But I think the point of like it's not that it's not that serious because right now, the more the quote unquote more that would we be bringing out of the roster isn't making us, you know. Anything much more than what we are right now, I'd say. Um, and it, and when it get, gets to that point, then yeah, obviously, I think the front office will make that move. I don't think they're afraid to make that move. But uh, like you said on the podcast before, you know, front offices only really get one coach firing and hiring. Right. Um, and if they can make it work with Tibbs and you know shorten the rotation and just get some guys, get a Josh Hart for him, get some guys that are just going to help him out and make the job easier for him in in his world. Then, you know, so be it. If we can rock out with Tibbs and, and be a playoff team and be a second round team with Tibbs, then I'm not going to sit here and, you know, cry and complain that we don't have fucking Kenny Atkinson at the helm or Johnny Bryant. You know, yeah. Johnny Bryant is in the building. I would suck if, you know, Johnny Bryant ended up leaving, go somewhere. It would suck. I'd cry for maybe, you know, 36 hours, but I'd move the fuck on and say we'll be fine without Johnny Bryant. Um, but as long as, Tibs is here and we're doing well. There's no reason to really fucking complain. And right now we're doing we're doing pretty fucking well. I'd say. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: the, the, we haven't like we haven't hit our ceiling yet under Tibs, so it's hard to be like, especially now. Like early in the season when he was doing stupid shit, like it was a lot more reasonable to be criticizing him. But to his credit, like his end game coaching has actually gotten a lot better over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if he's listening to Johnny Bryan or some other group of nerds in the organization, but like he's made better decisions at the end games, you know, as we talked about, like he's been flexible in terms of playing, not having to close with RJ and Grimes, right? Like he's closed with quickly and hard. He's closed with quick and RJ. Yeah. He's closed. He's used different combinations. He closed with heart and RJ against Utah. Like he's using different combinations, which is good to see. Um, the one thing is like, Look, the Ob thing is just weird. It is what it is. Like, I, there's not, there's not even a point talking about it um, extensively because that's just one where we like. He's not gonna, he's not gonna play Randall less to play Ob more. It's just, yeah, no, that's just what it is. So, um, I've made my peace with that to some extent. But like, yeah, ultimately, like if the team is playing the way they are right now, and he's coaching the way he is right now, then I, mo- I largely am okay. Um, with him sticking around, um I do worry a little bit because I feel like the comments that Randall has made in recent weeks and whatever about Johnny Bryant, like I do want and I, obviously if you go to games at all, like you'll see Johnny Bryant he works with all those gun guys like quickly's always working with him r j too like so guys want to work with him like I do worry a little bit that if he gets poached, there's stuff that he's doing um behind the scenes that you know. Not not saying that it's wrong for Tibbs to get credit for it um, because he is the head coach at the end of the day, but like I I wonder if there would be some drop off in you know some of the players, morale. yeah, not just morale but also just like various players' performance. Um, yeah. But we don't know that. But I that that's probably like my only real concern. Um, and so like if they do, look they they paid Johnny Bryan a shit ton to be the associate head coach. They got him out of Utah. Like presumably they are high on him internally. I do wonder if there's like a discussion had of like, look, we think this guy could be a star coach. Um, Tips is doing a fine job, but is it worth it to take the shot um, and and promote him? I don't know. I mean, that's there's no way to evaluate coaching in like assistant coaches. We don't know exactly what they do. We don't know what is where their influence starts, where it ends. But what we do know is that he seemed to. Kind of I don't want to say he 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 had a conversation with Julius that I don't think Tibbs was ever going to have, yeah and and and, I'm not, and that's not the re, that's not the reason that Randall has bounced back the way he has this year, but the fact that he even brought it up, i mean it says something it's it's obviously something that stuck with him, and um you know whether it was the reason or one of the reasons or whatever like it clearly had an impact, and the, the proof is in the pudding I mean Randall's been playing great this year, so yeah. um Yeah, we'll see. All right. I think that is a good place to end good. Yeah, I'm good. How are you Uh, feeling? I'm I'm okay. Uh, Farrow, let the people know where they can find you and uh, plug anything that you'd like to plug.
0: You can find me on Instagram at F-A-R-O-N-A-L-D-O. It's like, you know, Ronaldo with the F-A in front. Um, On Twitter, it's the same thing. The last O is a zero. Um. Overall, man, you know, just look me up. All my links are in my bios. I talk a lot of bullshit Knicks and, and Chelsea football, even though I'm probably not talking about Chelsea as much recently. Um, talk about the Knicks. I talk about my music, man. I, I rap. I make a whole bunch of fucking music. Uh, I'm always posting about my music and stuff. You can check out my latest project, Phantasma. That's P-H-A-N-T-A-S-M-A. Um that's my latest one. I got new stuff coming out. And yeah, man, uh, this was this was a ball. I had a lot of fun. I hope I wasn't too awkward.
1: <laughs> no, no, it was good. Uh, I have nothing to plug, so I'm just going to plug. No, I'll plug again. I'll plug the merchandise. That yeah, the merch, it. man. The merch
0: looks really good. Y'all go buy merch, man. Y'all go buy merch. Yeah, buy buy awesome. some
1: Strickland merch yes uh, sign up for the discord do all those fun things um, basically I'm saying give me money uh, no, but, no, the, mer- the, mer- the merch is actually pretty awesome uh, and I gotta say whoever uh, the, the designs came out really well so uh, definitely recommend checking that out and then obviously check out all the work that we're doing at the Strickland uh, on the podcast the articles you know Instagram everything so um, that is our show for today I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you on Friday
0: Go next